At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Brady Cannon along with my partner Wes Reynolds live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada on this post-holiday Tuesday, 2-22-22, a numbers game indeed as we follow up Jeff Parles and a numbers game here on the network and a two-for-Tuesday indeed, Mr. Reynolds. You know, uh, a ton of people, I think this is like a record-breaking day for people that are getting married here in Las Vegas, and I wondered, are you a part of the crew that's planning on tying the knot later today on uh, a Deuces Wild Tuesday? Uh, I am not, Brady. Uh, I mean, we've got a few hours. Hours remaining, I guess, to uh, <laughs> to switch that, but uh, more than likely, that's going to be a no. Matt Humans, maybe. I would, I, I would put the no at like minus about a hundred thousand. <laughs> 222-22 indeed. Well, uh, I tell you what, Wes, if you were planning on tying the knot, you might not be in the best of moods after your Hoosiers. What they did on Monday night, falling in overtime to over uh, to Ohio State, 80-69 to the final. Ohio State covers as seven-point favorites after trailing by as many as four points with less than three minutes to go in regulation. They outscored Indiana 17-6 to in the extra session, and the Buckeyes, with the win, moved to 10-5 and in conference. The Hoosiers dropped to 7-9, and and I tell you what, pretty tough if you had the under as well as the game was under the total prior to it going in into overtime. Brady, you mentioned that uh, we are a post-holiday Tuesday, of course, yesterday being President's Day, and you lost a lot of dead presidents, so to speak, if you bet the Hoosiers and you bet the under last night as Indiana <laughs> once again finds a way to uh, snatch defeat from the Jaws of victory. They had a four-point lead with about a minute 30 to go. Looked like okay, this is what's going to get them right on track again. This is a win that they desperately needed for their NCAA tournament hopes. They had lost four in a row. They find themselves in overtime, and overtime is where underdogs go to perish, and they certainly did with Indiana. So now five straight losses for the Hoosiers, 16-10, and 7-9 in the Big Ten Conference. Right now, they would probably be based on whatever bracketologist you trust or which one you don't trust, for that matter, They'd probably be like one of the last four in, but they are firmly implanted on the bubble right now. This was a team that was 16 and five at the end of January. It's 0 for February so far. 0 and 5. They'll get Maryland on Thursday. That's a game that they have to win. They basically, if you look at the schedule, they have Maryland at home, then they go to Minnesota on Sunday. 
Rutgers at home and then at Purdue. You got to win your two home games and you got to win at Minnesota. Probably in a revenge spot at Purdue, you're going to be up against it if you're Indiana. So you've got to find a way to, I think, win three of the last four to uh, ensure at least some sort of safety in terms of getting into the NCAA tournament. We thought they were done after they lost to Wisconsin last week, and then this loss to Ohio State certainly doesn't help their chances. But you're right, a lot of the bracketologists out there still figuring Indiana as a possible entry into the tournament. North Carolina defeated Louisville in ACC play on Monday, 70-63. to The Cardinals get the cash as nine-and-a-half-point dogs. And the game just barely stays under the total of 144. The Tar Heels now 12-5 and in conference and 20-8, and kind of a sneaky 20 20 and eight overall. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they too are expected to be in the final 68. Yeah, I would expect that they are going to be ahead Louisville uh, plus 10 last night and hung on North Carolina, you know, the foul game, you were worried if that was going to get out of the number for Louisville, but Louisville's obviously been struggling. Of course, they let go of Chris Mack and Mike Pegues is the interim coach. So they're kind of just playing out the string, but North Carolina now 20 and eight. And when you watch North Carolina, they're really not that great Brady and really the ACC as a whole is not that great, but I think that they've got enough good wins. Uh, they beat Michigan. They've beaten Virginia tech actually swept them over the weekend twice. They've beaten Virginia. So North Carolina, I think, probably has enough good wins and not enough bad losses. Sons, the one with uh, Pittsburgh last week where they lost as double-digit favorites and they lost at home to one of the worst teams in the conference. But North Carolina looks like they're in better shape than not going forward. I was surprised to see that they had 20 wins on the season. It seems like they've been very vanilla throughout the season. Mm -hmm. But you make the point there. The conference is really kind of that way, maybe other than the Duke Blue Devils. But uh, the Baylor Bears got a good win on the road on Monday night. And here's a game. This was kind of odd, West. The underdog did not go to die in the right. extra session. And the game still stayed under the total in overtime as well. The Cowboys got the cash as 5 Point underdogs and under 139 and a half caches as well. 66 to 64, your final in favor of Baylor in overtime. What do you make of the defending champion Baylor Bears right now? Probably a two seed as mm -hmm. it stands. They have been so shorthanded. Of course, JTT now out for the year. LJ Cryer has missed. They've had a lot of guys miss games. Flagler has been in and out of the lineup. He did play last night. And they did get the win over Oklahoma State. Now, just because it was a close win, I don't think it's a demerit necessarily against Baylor. Because one thing I'll say for Oklahoma State. They've been a tough out. Yeah, 13 and 14. By the way, they have the tournament ban, of course, this year. The NCAA tournament. So, like, when they play these teams like Kansas and Baylor... It's almost like their tournament game or their bowl game. So they're going to give you an honest effort, and they lose in overtime by two. Oklahoma State had a about an eight-point lead late in the first half. Baylor narrowed it down. But a gutty win for Baylor, something that they absolutely needed. Because, look, you look at them, they're 23-5. and five. They're probably going to be on the two line. But they really haven't been the same. I think a lot of it is because of the injuries and, you know, guys out certain games for COVID. And then you take out the big guy, JTT. So Baylor is one of those teams. I don't know how good they're going to be uh, going into the NCAA tournament. I think they're like a team when you get your bracket, when the field is announced, it's like, okay, we're going to put them through to the sweet 16, but then you don't know how much further they can go. And that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out with this team. Now they got three games left. They have Kansas on Saturday at home down in Waco. Then they go to Texas. Then they close for the season finale against Iowa state. So I think 
I don't want to sell these guys too soon, but I don't know if I'm necessarily a buyer right now. I, I think they were maybe a little bit undervalued or disrespected last season, too. As good as they were, I mean, all season long, it was Baylor and Gonzaga. But when it came tournament time, it seemed like they were maybe the forgotten one and everybody was kind of handing Gonzaga the championship. Right. So, uh, look, uh, you know, Scott Drew, they play that no middle defense now having JTT kind of out of it you know, really hurts their cause because what Baylor likes to do, they want you to play from side to side. They want to spread you out to the wing. They don't want you to get to the rim, but you know, nice win though at Oklahoma state. That's a tough place to win. This is not a bad team, despite their record, a little bit shorthanded. And then of course, obviously no NCAA tournament really to motivate them. So Baylor gets out of there at the win, but uh, I think the Kansas game on Saturday is going to tell us what they are. TCU kept its tournament hopes alive with a win and a cover over West Virginia. 77-67 the final. The Horn Frogs cash as four-point favorites, and the game sails over the total of 134.5. And, and every half point matters as the Bruins of UCLA coasted over Arizona State. 66-52, covering as 13.5-point favorites. Game stayed under the total of 131.5. And, and I asked you about Baylor another Final Four participant in 2021, the UCLA Bruins, a team that was really a surprise, was in the play-in game against Michigan State before they made that run. 12-4 and four in conference, 20-5 and five overall. What's your opinion of Mick Cronin's team? Yeah, let me cycle back really quickly to TCU. Uh, West Virginia, they're playing their way out of any tournament consideration. They're dead last and obviously the best conference in America in the Big 12, but this TCU team all of a sudden, very sneaky, 17-8 and eight and six and seven they got some really good wins over some good teams they can afford to maybe get one or two more but this could be an at-large team UCLA against Arizona State uh, UCLA has been playing a little bit shorthanded lately they only missed Tiger Campbell though last night but Jaime Yaquez battling ankle injury Johnny Juzang's been in and out of the lineup the last couple games as is Cody Riley but they get the payback over ASU and you mentioned uh, you know the the other final four team I believe that you mentioned a moment ago which team was that Brady well, Gonzaga, Baylor, and UCLA. Okay. Okay. UCLA was that team I was going through because we <laughs> went through about three games there. So I was trying to touch on all of them. But yeah, UCLA, look, uh, they might have been a little bit overvalued in terms of the ranking earlier this year in terms of where they were, because I think UCLA kind of got on one of those fortunate runs where, you know, they could have been out in the play in the, I don't want to call it the play in game first four, I guess is what they officially call it. But remember Michigan state had them down and then UCLA had to come back and uh, go ahead and win that in overtime just to kind of get into the main draw. And then all of a sudden they went on a run, beat BYU, Abilene, Christian, Alabama, Michigan, all the way to the uh, final four game against Gonzaga. So we'll see. I, I think that this is, a, this is a pretty solid defensive team. They don't turn the ball over. Tiger Campbell, of course, I said their point guard did miss last night. So, you know, they got to have everybody healthy, I think. And that's basically why you've seen kind of erratic performances out of UCLA over the last month or so. All right, real quick, your reaction to Michigan basketball head coach Jawan Howard. He was suspended by the university for the rest of the regular season for his actions over the weekend in that scuffle with Wisconsin. Uh, the odds makers apparently did not make any reaction to it, Wes. You and I were here on the Lombardi line last week, and Michigan was 100-1 to to win the national championship. 
championship, and that's where they stand today. No change there. Yeah, because I think Phil Martelli is the assistant head coach, and we know Phil Martelli is very proven from his time at St. Joe's. So in terms of an X's and O's standpoint and a guy that's been there and been to the NCAA tournament for numerous times, remember he got St. Joe's to a number one seed that one year where they had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West and NBA backcourt there in Philadelphia. But I think that he can get this team maybe the the ship righted. Now it's going to depend, you know, can he get to these kids and say, hey, guys, we're still very much in the mix because if you look at Michigan's schedule down the stretch, they have four straight home games. You very rarely have that long of a stretch in conference plays. So there's still an opportunity for Michigan to, I think, get right to make a run in the NCAA tournament, but the hour is getting late. We'll see how they react. It could maybe be a springboard for the Michigan Wolverines. When we come back, of course, the NBA is on the all-star break, but we've got some futures to discuss right here on the Lombardi line. Just getting started at VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Lombardi line here on a Tuesday. The All-Star break continues. Action in the NBA will resume on Thursday. Roughly 23 games remain in the regular season schedule. And while we have a minute here before they resume action on Thursday, Wes, let's take a look at the futures board as far as conference champion. And in the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorite at plus 280. They share that role with the defending champions 
Bruins, the Milwaukee Bucks, but kind of odd for the Brooklyn Nets as they are currently in the eight hole in the Eastern Conference standings, but remain there at the top of the odds board as far as becoming the Eastern Conference champ. The 76ers are the next choice at plus 350. I haven't been thoroughly impressed with them, but of course they will add James Harden here on the other side of the break. The Miami Heat, currently the number one team in the conference at 5-1 to one to win it. The Celtics have been red hot prior to the break. They're 12-1 to one in the six hole. The Chicago Bulls, the second place team in the conference right now at 14-1. to one. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, maybe the biggest surprise team in the conference at 20-1 to one right now to win the conference. They are in the four hole as far as the standing any team stick out to you to become Eastern Conference champ? Well, if you're looking for a little bit of value and you want to kind of go against some of the chalk up there on the board, because look, uh, we have some uncertainty around the Brooklyn Nets. You know, how many games I'm this guy... I'm surprised they're still plus two eight. Right, right. That's it's all like, speculative. There's, yeah, because we know that when they had the big three back then of Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, they were, what, what, 17-3 and three or something like that, give or take a game in terms of when they play together, but now James Harden no longer there. So enter Ben Simmons. You know, will he feel like he has a new lease on life in a new environment there in Brooklyn? Kevin Durant, you have to have him get back from injury. I mean, it's obviously still very much in right in the prime of his career. But Kyrie Irving, how many games are you going to get out of him? So I've kind of taken a stand against the Nets all season, even when they had those guys, because I wasn't I wasn't sure how they were going to make it work. And then the whole issue with Kyrie Irving just makes it very, very difficult, I think, to really take a stand and say, yes, the Brooklyn Nets, that's the absolute team to beat in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks, look, uh, they're still kind of rolling along here and, and, and have been very good. And I think the numbers bear it out, even though Philadelphia did get them the last game before the all-star break on a Thursday night, not a nice effort from Philadelphia. Joel Embiid looked every bit the MVP candidate, at least one of the short shots behind Nikola Jokic. So we'll see what the 76ers, how that works out now with James Harden uh, coming aboard and uh, how him and Embiid will function together. But I think if you're looking maybe for a little bit of a value team out of the East down the board, and I know John Von Tobel has talked about it here on this network and the numbers bear it out, and that's the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. Because over the weekend, Brady, Dave Ross and I on the green zone, I believe on Sunday, we had Simon Gersberg from Shot Quality on. And Shot Quality obviously examines the quality of the shots, as the name says, of of the company and of the site in terms of uh, the numbers and kind of running some of the analytical stuff in terms of offensive shot quality, defensive shot quality, whip rim and three rate, which, uh, you know, th- that's kind of the new thing in basketball. Get a shot at a rim or take a three. Don't have a mid-range shot. We've had coaches say, hey, that's the worst shot in basketball, and all the numbers say that unless you're just really proficient at making those shots. But back to Boston, number five in adjusted shot quality. Only four teams right now in the NBA are ahead of them in terms of shot quality. Utah, Phoenix, Dallas, Golden State, and that's obviously three of the four top teams in the West. Currently, Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis is third, and then Utah is in fourth. So, you know, I look at Boston, and they had a nine-game winning streak before Mm -hmm. they lost to Detroit on Wednesday, which was like a really good spot even on a bad Detroit team because we talked about it all last week on this show. Those double-digit favorites right before the All-Star break, them dudes want to go on vacation. Exactly. They're, they're already thinking about it. I, I don't hold that loss. No, to I don't either. They're, that they're was fine. Just, yeah, exactly. That was just a really tough spot. So when you're looking in the East, I think – 
the Celtics are kind of maybe a positive regression team. The Heat kind of where where they are, and and the Heat are kind of the team that gets ignored in the East. And I agree been, with you, five to one, and they're currently yeah. in you know the top dog. They've been excellent. Like some of these teams, I don't want to you know throw cold water on their fan bases, but I think Chicago and Cleveland probably are going to regress a little bit to me, and they're certainly both going to be playoff teams, but I think they've been playing a little bit over their head, and I think the numbers really bear that out. You look at Cleveland in terms of adjusted offensive shot quality, 25th in the NBA, so Based on the quality of shots, their record should be 26 and 32, but yet they're 35 and 23. So I think that that tells you maybe Cleveland's going to come back to earth a little bit. And I think the same for the Bulls. Yeah, the Heat and the Celtics are the two teams that caught my eye there. Five to one on Miami and 12 to one on Boston. Let's take a look at the Western Conference odds to win the conference. The Warriors are the favorite at plus 175. Currently, they are in the two hole. The Suns are atop the West. They are are plus 190 to take down the conference. You mentioned the Jazz. They're at 6-1. to one. The Grizzlies in the three-hole at 12-1. to one. The Nuggets and the Lakers both at 16-1. to one. The Lakers currently in the nine-hole. The Dallas Mavericks uh, fifth in the standings in the conference are at 20 to one. I think the Warriors, the Suns, the Grizzlies are very interesting. Obviously, they're a young team, but they give all kinds of teams problems. Specifically, the Warriors have had trouble with the Grizzlies the past few seasons. The Suns t- got a blow prior to the All Star break with Chris Paul getting injured, and of course, it looks like he'll miss the rest of the regular season. But the Warriors also seems a little bit speculative there, Wes, as the favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe figuring that James Weiss is going to come back. Uh, of course, they've been out with they've been without Draymond Green for a while now. Andre Iguodala has been in and out of the lineup, but uh, it, it looks like the odds makers, or maybe they're protecting, but uh, are are the fans or the betters expecting that the Warriors are all of a sudden going to get healthy? Well, and and look, they're the rightful two favorites, and I talked about you know those shot quality numbers. They're both in the top four. Uh, uh, Phoenix number two, Golden State number four. So they're going to be the rightful favorites. Utah, I think, is starting to play a little bit better lately because they do have Rudy Gobert back and they also have Donovan Mitchell back and look those two guys don't exactly get along they're not the best of friends for obvious reasons but they function together very well defensively Utah by the way the number one scoring team in the league and you wouldn't have thought that at first glance because I think we all remember the teams for the Jazz the last several years where it's like okay really good defensively but boy they'd struggle to score really in those final five or six minutes in the fourth quarter you saw it time and time again the team that's very interesting right now in the Western Conference is the Denver Nuggets. I agree. At 16 to 1, because we know Nikola Jokic right now. He would be the favorite to win the MVP. He's pretty much the favorite across the board. I know Tim Bontemps over at ESPN, always around the all-star break, does that little straw poll in terms of, okay, who do you think is going to be the MVP? And Jokic got the majority of the support. Embiid certainly had his supporters, as did Giannis. But Really, when you look at Jokic, the numbers, he just has absolutely had to carry this team so far in terms of of their record, and they would be nowhere near as good if he wasn't putting up those numbers. He's 33 and 25. Like, if you look at shot quality – Denver is way down there in the rankings. It said the shock based on shot quality, they should be 22 and 36. However, you want to put those numbers into context because – Denver's missing two key cogs. Jamal Murray, we're going to see when he is going to come back. Michael Porter Jr., they are expected to be back, I, I believe, at least before the playoffs. Uh, so we'll see how many games that they get and when their return is. But 
One thing when you want to look with Denver as well, when you get into the month of March, they play the easiest schedule in the NBA. So if you do get those guys back sometime in March, you can kind of baby step them a little bit, I think, Brady. You don't have to, like, put them right in where they got to go 35, 36 minutes a night. You kind of, like, gradually incorporate them should you get them back in time. But I think Denver's interesting. Like, Lakers, no interest. Mavericks, you know, Luka can maybe, I think, carry them for a series. But I don't think that they have the depth to really make any run to the Western Conference Finals. But the Lakers are just that short a price because they have so much action on them and they just don't want to give them a number. But the Lakers are DOA to me. It feels to me like it's going to come down to the Warriors or the Phoenix Suns. And I would probably favor the Suns there. And, of course, again, they have the blow of uh, losing Chris Paul probably for the rest of the season. But maybe that's a good amount of rest for him. And Mm -hmm. and he's able to have fresh legs for the postseason. And the Warriors will see what happens with Draymond Green in their situation. But if it is going to come down to the Warriors and Suns, I agree with you. I think the Grizzlies and the Nuggets are the two teams that could upset the apple cart. Right. And Memphis, by the way, like every game for the rest of the regular season, they're going to try to catch these guys. Mm -hmm. Because right now Memphis is the three. They're going to try to get in that one or two seed because they've never had that kind of success, at least in recent years. So Memphis is probably going to be a bet on team, at least night to night basis. Maybe not 12 to one to win the conference. But yes, night to night for sure. When we come back, we dive into the college basketball card for Tuesday right here on the Lombardi line. great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and you get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Onto the college hardwood for your Tuesday. We will begin at Mizzou, where the Volunteers of Tennessee will visit the Tigers. This one tips at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vols opened up as 10-point favorites with a total of 130. Currently, we are at Tennessee minus 11. So the Volunteers taking a little bit of money. Also, the over, or excuse me, the total has ticked to the over at 130 and a half. The Tennessee Volunteers were really rolling having won five in a row with the last being over that uh, Kentucky team in Knoxville last week. And maybe a letdown followed that West as they fell to Arkansas by 10 points over the weekend. They'll look to bounce back here as double digit road favorites tonight. And that Arkansas team you mentioned with that Tennessee win, they've won, I believe, uh, 11 of their last 12. So that's a hot Razorbacks team. So that's not necessarily a bad loss. I mean, no losses are good losses necessarily. But Tennessee, after beating Kentucky, you know, thought, okay, it's a little bit of a tough uh, trail here to go to Arkansas. has been playing well. Arkansas got away from them late and very low scoring game, 58 to 48. So you get Tennessee here on the road. And look, what we've talked about Tennessee all season, they're one of the best defensive teams 
teams in the country. They're number fourth nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're 11th in terms of turnover percentage rate. They force turnovers. I believe 24% of their opponent's possessions uh, get a lot of steals. They have shot blockers at the rim. So this is a very good Tennessee team, and this is not a very good Missouri team who have lost eight of their last 10. However, maybe a little bit of emotion here. Of course, Conzo Martin was the former coach at University of Tennessee. Yeah. Got ran out of Knoxville. Didn't win enough games down there. So now he's at Missouri, and they're not winning enough games there this year either. They are 10 and 17. They can be a little bit pesky at times, though. If you look, they almost beat Auburn when Auburn was number one in the country. Only lost by one at home. Only lost by one at home to Florida. Uh, just barely lost on Sunday. They played back-to-back a Friday-Sunday, a very rare scheduling spot in the SEC, and they lost 58-56 to to Mississippi State. Had a lead in the final two minutes, but it was a one-possession game, and Mississippi State got the best of them. So I think the number has probably gotten a little bit too high for me to lay Tennessee on the road. It would more than likely be Missouri or nothing, even though when you really look at these numbers for Missouri, they are ugly. They are not a very good shooting team. They're the sixth worst three-point shooting team, in fact, in the entire country. And I mentioned about Tennessee with the turnovers, how many they force. Uh, Missouri, by the way, on offense, turns it over about 21% of the time. A little bit better shooting and scoring at home, like most teams are, versus on the road. So, very small lean at this point to Missouri just because I think, look, the season hasn't gone well. They're 10 and 17. They're not going to the postseason, but this is a ranked team coming into Columbia. Gonzo Martin, I'm sure, would love to stick it to his old school as much as he possibly can. So lean 11, Missouri. Well, you've got conflicting trends here. Tennessee 4 and 1 against the spread in its last five road games. Missouri, as you mentioned, pesky, certainly at home, 6 and 1 against the spread in their last seven home games. You talk about the red-hot Arkansas Razorbacks, and I mentioned early in the season I grabbed a futures ticket on them to win the championship at 50-1. to That was a really bad number uh, shortly thereafter, but it's starting to look like a decent number again with this run that they've been on. Now, they have a heck of a contest tonight in Gainesville, Arkansas at Florida, and both of these teams have beaten Auburn this season. Both are coming off of very big wins as well. We mentioned the Razorbacks beating Tennessee over the weekend, a big win for Arkansas. And of course, over the weekend, Florida pulls the shocker over Auburn over the number two team in the country this past weekend. So who has the letdown here in Gainesville tonight? Now, Arkansas opened up as a one point favorite with a total of 136. It has been bet down to pick them. And Florida has actually become a one point favorite right here down the street at Circa. And the total has been hit to the under a little bit now currently at one. 35. Should be a good one, Wes. The Razorbacks safely in the dance at this point, but Florida absolutely a bubble team that could certainly use a victory here tonight. Yeah, small lean to Florida here for me. I'm going to wait and see what this line kind of does throughout the afternoon. Uh, Remember, their big guy, Colin Castleton, their big 6'11 center, did miss six games during the conference stretch here from January 19th to about early February. So he was out about two and a half weeks. Ever since he's come back, they're 3-2 and two with him. They lost a tight one at A&M. They got blown out at Kentucky, but that big win over Auburn, I think that was the win that Florida really needed. I wouldn't say that that's locked themselves in, but I think that they're on the good side or right side of the bubble. You hear that phrase a lot over the next two to three weeks getting that win over Auburn, who is number two in the country at that point. They were looking for that big win over a big-name conference foe, an SEC, one of the best conferences in the country. So 
I think Florida is pretty comfortable, but that being said, you've got some winnable games down the stretch, especially on the road at Georgia and Vanderbilt. You don't want to drop those games. Arkansas and Kentucky are your two home games. This is another chance to really cement their status here versus an Arkansas team that is absolutely red hot. So uh, small lean to the Gators. I was hoping that they were going to remain an underdog, but now they're that unranked favorite over the ranked underdog thing here. I think they're one. I'm seeing a lot of pick though, on the board. So maybe Arkansas. Arkansas becomes a favorite at some point. Again, it opened one and a half, one in the overnight. So lean to the Florida Gators. Well, Florida has beaten Arkansas 10 straight times at home, and they are currently on a six-game home winning streak. Uh, The one thing for Arkansas, and maybe this plays into your handicap as well, Wes, if you're on Florida, Arkansas does have Kentucky coming up on Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to look ahead necessarily here, but obviously Kentucky, we know that they're the king daddy of the SEC, and you're getting them at Bud Walton Arena on Saturday. You know, big crowd, a lot of media attention. So perhaps this could be, to your point, a little bit of a stumbling spot. But I just think Florida is playing a little bit better. They've got Colin Castleton now back in the lineup, who they absolutely need. Obviously, Arkansas is on fire, but... You know, that's how this works, Brady. You win three, four in a row, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're feeling yourself a little bit, and then you stumble, and that could be what happens to Arkansas here. Arkansas 11-1 and against the spread in their last 12 games, and we have seen a slight move towards the under here for this contest tonight. Arkansas 4-1. and to the under in their last five games and Florida six and zero to the under in their last six contests, Michigan state at Iowa, the Hawkeyes opened up as six and a half point favorites with a total of one fifty three and a half. And currently the home team laying six. So a little bit of money coming in on Michigan state. The uh, total has remained unchanged still at one fifty three and a half. And both of these teams probably pretty safe as far as the field is 64 at this point, both as mid-range seeds. The Spartans, they have been reeling, however, having lost four of their last five games, while Iowa has won four of its last Mm -hmm. five, and the last for the Hawkeyes being a 13-point win on the road over Ohio State as five-and-a-half-point underdogs. So what you have here, Wes, maybe a desperate team facing a team that's maybe a little bit fat and happy. Yeah, and Iowa did sweep Michigan State, by the way, last year. That was a big win for them on Saturday at Ohio State, and really, Iowa has struggled on the road in the conference. I believe they had that one win at Maryland, but on the road, this has not been a very good team. So, you know, both these teams, I think, are comfortably in the NCAA tournament. But remember when I talked about last week on this program about Michigan State, kind of that narrative that Tom Izzo, you know, you don't want to go against Tom Izzo in February and March, you know, because that sticks. And once something gets out there, it, like, sticks forever, like Velcro. And if you look over the last five years, I think Izzo's bunch at Michigan State, they're a little bit under 50%. They were like, I think, 48 point something percent against the number. So that gets priced in, and then people keep betting it, and people keep losing tickets and wonder why. But I do think Michigan State, they are a little bit of a desperate team here. They probably have lost their chance to win the Big Ten Conference. They were right up there at the top, but now at 9-6 and six in league play, you're looking up all of a sudden at Purdue and Illinois and Wisconsin. Ohio State and Rutgers also have double-digit wins in conference play. So all of a sudden, Michigan State has kind of worked their way downward to the middle with Iowa I think this number is is a little bit big. Uh, Michigan State, the better defensive team. We know Iowa, 
they can get turnovers and they can get steals and whatnot, but they're a team, if you break them down a little bit, you can score on this team. They are 99th nationally in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency. And, and they're, you know, kind of in the back half, they force a lot of turnovers, but they don't get a lot of rebounds. So Michigan state can get some second chance opportunities against this guy. These guys, I thought six was a little big. Yeah. I think you're paying a premium for Tom Izzo in February and March. And certainly that has been true as of late Michigan state, just one and five against the spread in their last six games. Maybe over the total is the play tonight, four and one for the last five games going over the total for Michigan State off of a spread loss over is 27 and 1 for Iowa in their last 28 games overall when we come back we'll talk some more college hoops with our man Will Hill stick around at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000 when you register with BetMGM. You'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VEASAN 1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or a site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Tuesday. And Will Hill now joins us, as he always does here on the Lombardi line. You can catch him at his New York City City podcast at vsun.com slash podcast. And you can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Will, thank you, as always, for joining us. And I wanted to ask you, we're going to be joined in the next hour by Joe Sheehan, a great baseball writer, and kind of pick his brain on what's going on with baseball these days. 
days. And I know on your New York City cast yesterday that you posted, you had Jason Weingarten on as a guest. You guys were talking baseball. I did not get a chance to listen yet, but what was the general consensus between the two of you if and when we will get a baseball season? Yeah, we just kind of assume the position that probably going to miss, you know, 20 games, maybe 30s a lot. So my guess is in the 130, 140 range that we're actually going to play. And just kind of went on with business. Now, again, we have like 200 free agents, so it's hard to do some of these previews in a full manner. But again, I think, you know, end of the month, early March, I, I think these guys will come to an agreement. Saw yesterday MLB is starting to make some concessions. So once these guys start to miss paychecks, I think. Uh, everyone tightens up a little bit and, you know, cooler heads prevail. So I do think, you know, we'll get baseball. I do think it'll probably be a shorter season. You know, Will, maybe this is a good thing and maybe it will set a tone for the future. Hey, what about a 130 game season? That'd be okay, right? Yeah, I mean, basketball is too long with 82 games. Again, it's just you got to find a way to make up the money. Um, you know, maybe more playoff teams does it. I don't really like that, especially with baseball. It really waters it down. You know, if you're a Yankee or a Dodger fan, you know, to know on opening day you're going to make the playoffs, it really takes the juice out of the regular season. So I don't love that. But, uh, you know, it, it's going on in all these sports. They're all expanding their playoffs with planes in the NBA. Uh, you know, football's adding teams. It's just, you know, we're not going backwards. We're going forwards here with more teams in all these playoffs and all these sports. All right, let's talk a little college hoops. Wes and I in the last segment were talking about some of the marquee games on the schedule for your Tuesday, and one of them will be played down in Gainesville, Florida, where the Gators will be hosting the Red Hot Razorbacks of Arkansas. Both of these teams coming off of huge wins, and the Arkansas Razorbacks opened up as one-point favorites. It looks like Florida has taken a little bit of the money here. Who's going to have the letdown spot? Uh, of course, Florida coming off of the win over Auburn, and the Arkansas Razorbacks beat Tennessee over the weekend. So ought to be a good contest. Who do you like there, Will? Well, it's definitely a letdown spot for me after I had Indiana, the under in the Indiana game, and Indiana <laughs> oh, State God. last night. Double I just whammy. I got hit with the trifecta. Yeah, in about 30 minutes, I said, man, this is great. I'm going to sweep. And then I just kind of look up for a minute. And boy, it all it all unraveled pretty quickly. But I, I do like the Gators here tonight. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Arkansas versus Tennessee. That was a huge win for Arkansas. I was on Arkansas Saturday. Uh, I'm going to turn around and fade them here today. Not only are they coming off of a big win, but they got a big game this coming Saturday hosting Kentucky uh, to meet Florida's home. They need the game like blood in order to get kind of on the right side of the bubble here. So uh, I'm going to take the home team here with Florida and I think they get it done. Will, I think I'm going to be on that side right there with you. One thing I know I'm going to be with you on is this next upcoming game. Kind of a spot that's going to get ignored a little bit on the card, and it's Maction here on Tuesday night. Ball State at Kent State. And Kent State, of course, they have beaten the best two teams in the conference back-to-back. They rolled over both Toledo and Ohio. Now they've had this long winning streak. They're getting Ball State at home. Uh, Sneaky spot for the underdog here. Yeah, you nailed it. My thoughts exactly. Friday night, they just buried Ohio. I don't know if people saw that, but that's a nationally televised game against a marquee opponent. Uh, and I mean, that that score was like 24 to six. I think they were up 30 at one point. I mean, they just, they got a huge lead. They never really took the foot off the gas, the home run spot, a home run effort. Now you turn around and play kind of a middling ball state team. You're laying a lot of points. Uh, we've seen ball state take the money. So, you know, you kind of missed the best number. This was 10, nine and a half, all the way down to eight and a half. Again, I still think this is a, a tough spot for Kent State, and I like Ball State to get the coverage uh, here tonight. 
Will, Wes and I were also just talking about Michigan State and Iowa, the Hawkeyes hosting the Spartans later this evening. And it seems like, uh, you know, the storyline has been out there for a while now that you never want to play against Tom Izzo teams in February and March. That's really when they hit the gas pedal. And maybe the odds makers have adjusted because the last six games, Michigan State is just one and five against the number. But Iowa comes off of that huge road win as five and a half point underdogs. They beat Ohio's state by 13 points here michigan state may be a little bit desperate and iowa may be a little bit fat and happy yeah and again not a vintage vintage uh, michigan state team not a vintage Izzo team but i think this is a decent matchup for them like you mentioned they're desperate uh they're getting some points here and i think they can get out and run against iowa uh, you know michigan state really struggles in half court they could be tough to watch i mean they are really tough in terms of ball security they're bad taking care of the ball too many turnovers a lot of unforced errors but again if you can go out get out and run against iowa maybe you can have some success and they've actually got some bodies uh to throw at murray here between brooks uh brown aiken you got some of these six five six six guys to at least uh, hope to slow down or disrupt Murray, who's just a hell of a player, man. You watch the Big Ten every night. There are some just outstanding players in the Big Ten, but uh, I'm going to take Michigan State here plus the points. Well, a uh, couple day respite, obviously, from the NBA with the All-Star break. We start back up on Thursday night, but wanted to kind of get your big picture assessment right now, especially in the Eastern Conference. Brady and I uh, talked about this earlier in the program, how you still have the Nets as a very short price to uh, go ahead and win the Eastern Conference. Of course, Philadelphia right there. The team's up front a little bit down the board, but... What's your overall assessment here? Because we were both kind of surprised that maybe there hasn't been a little sell spot on the Nets with not really know what knowing what's going on with this team. Yeah, I'd want no part of the Nets at plus 280. Again, a team that has Durant, uh, you can never count them out. He's just that good. To me, the value's probably still on Milwaukee. When you look at them, almost 3-1 to one to win the East. Uh, I'd be shocked if they're not at least in a conference finals. They got Giannis, who's either the best player in the league, co-best player in the league, you know, 1-1A, one, one that kind of thing. Uh, I'd be shocked if they're not at least in the conference finals. Everyone's sleeping on Miami. Uh, the Sixers haven't beaten Harden. I mean, it's a really deep Eastern conference for a while. It was like, you know, the six or seven uh, best teams or maybe, you know, seven of the nine best teams were in the West. It's kind of balanced now. And, and the Eastern conference playoffs should just be a lot of fun. Uh, the Celtics have played well. The Raptors are a pain in the neck. So uh, it's a deep conference. I would still go with the Bucks here. It's just, you know, the continuity. They have Giannis. They got over the hump last year. I think there's, uh, a little bit of a, a post-title malaise with Milwaukee, but to me, that's still the best bet. Will, let's talk a little golf. The West Coast swing concludes with Joaquin Neiman winning the Genesis Invitational, and we head over to Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, for the beginning of the Florida swing. And I, I feel like you and I should just step aside. I mean, I, I can feel the heat coming off of my partner here. He's like a potbelly stove. He's hit three futures in a row, has Mr. Wes Reynolds, had Joaquin Neiman, had Scotty Scheffler. He and I both had Tom Hoagie at Pebble. But I got to ask you, who do you like this week uh, at uh, the Honda Classic. Yeah, like you said, you're asking the wrong guy. Wes, just let us know what the Powerball <laughs> numbers are. Just give it to us, man. What's uh? We got the eight ball sitting next to us. I took a shot at Hunter Swafford. Uh, you know, he, he played uh, Hudson Swafford. He played pretty well uh, a month ago. He actually won. And again, this is a tournament that's in Florida. Different greens, different grasses. He's actually fr uh, from Florida, so that helps. And again, with him, it's all about the putter. Uh, it can come and go. If, if it's not working for him, he can miss the cut. But if it's working for him, 
Uh, as we saw a month or so ago, I think it was American Express he won. He can win the whole thing, and not a great field. You have the top 10 players all sitting out, so uh, you could get a lottery ticket here. You could see one of these 80-to-100-to-1 to shots come through this week. Hudson Swafford actually was a guy I looked at and may end up on my card still finishing, and we'll do that after the show. But a very good correlation here that if you're looking at a tournament correlation, I think Brady and Will, the Sony Open at Wiley, we have seen multiple winners of that tournament also win the Honda Classic over the years, Justin Thomas and Mark Wilson to name a couple. But Hudson Swafford's got a couple top tens in that event. So good form on Tom Fazio and Jack Nicholas designs. Uh, not unreasonable, this selection on Hudson Swafford at all. You know, another guy that has had success both at the Honda Classic and at the Sony Open is Charles Howell III, one of the, uh, I believe, all-time money winners at the Sony Open over there at YLA. Will, thank you as always, my friend. Good luck with the college hoops bets, and uh, we'll see if Hudson Swafford can come through for you this week. Appreciate you guys, Wes. I'm sorry you used all your luck on the golf. That was a tough one with our Hoosiers last night. Yes. Catch the point. Yes. But uh, appreciate you guys. We are very much on the bubble right now, Will. All right, that yeah, is no Will See Hill. See you later, my friend. Check him out on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. We'll be back with more in just a moment. It's the Lombardi Line here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.